Hey everybody, this is Tim Shorts of Gothridge Manor. I am doing an unboxing podcast. It's Saturday afternoon, so there's no driving home. Just kind of sitting in a parking lot after getting my box of goodies. And a consecutive unboxing. And it's kind of weird too, because I haven't been buying a lot of gaming stuff. I uh, kind of had to take a break on it because I was off work for a while and didn't, didn't have the extra scratch to kind of grab some you know new gaming things and plus how much gaming stuff can you have well apparently i still don't know the answer to that because i still bought some now uh today the two that I, the two things i that i know i got uh are from folks that i've bought from before and just um kind of like with richard leblanc from last time i bought it because the people more than what the the uh subjects were or the the content was a lot of times but the content's probably going to be pretty good either way um yeah and i haven't and i'm and i apologize for not listening to other people's podcasts there for it's been a while since i've listened i've been i've been listening to non-gaming podcasts lately i've been grooving on couple podcasts that are specifically about cults you know real world cults and and uh them interviewing people who are in the cults or were in the cults or uh written books or something and it's really interesting because i remember a few years ago and i know this is an aside from what the original content of this podcast was going to be but a few years ago there was a big discussion about uh if evil religions could really exist and i know uh, my buddy rob was like no they can't and and i kind of took on the 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 um took the position that it's fantasy world you know you got dragons breathing fire and you know you got all these fantastical things it's not that hard of a stretch just to have some mindless evil cult. I mean, sometimes you just need the stereotypical bad guy or uh, no, you know, no question of morality kind of thing, bad guy kind of kind of enemy. And after listening to these cult podcast the real interesting thing about that is is i could i could definitely make an argument for today a more compelling argument about how it could easily exist and how they do exist in today you know all these uh horrible cults that do these horrible things to people and how they they never run out you know one replaces another or one continues even though maybe the the leader was killed depends depends on the cult you know there's various ones and everything and just the factions of the different ones uh, of like the major religions and their and the factions that break off of those uh, and then the word cult itself you know defining that uh, it can be I think it's definitely a little bit more easier to define a cult than, than a zine sometimes. Uh, but uh, it still has a little bit of gray area in there. But it's it's an interesting topic. And it, and it makes me... 
it's made me develop, well, I haven't used it yet, I should say. I said it's going to make me develop my religions, my cults, my, my you know, um, inner workings of one much better, I believe. Uh, and I and I think that's the the benefit of listening to non gaming things, movies. I mean, I know most of you guys out there know that, but just just to just to reiterate that point. But um, it's a it really made me kind of think of it in a little bit more depth instead of a like a two dimensional or 2.5 dimensional it's like yeah it's getting there but it's not quite three dimensional kind of concept the listening to these podcasts are definitely going to help me push me to that next level i hope uh, <laughs> i haven't done it yet uh maybe maybe one of these podcasts i'll we'll do a de- development of a cult on there i think that would be yeah, i think that would be interesting and that so yeah, so that was my aside, guys. Um, and then the other podcasts I've been listening to, like these paranormal podcasts, and those kind of help me set the atmosphere of a, you know, if I want to help do a creepy setting or something like that, um, help develop a history or help uh, kind of bring in details to it, to a, a game and whatnot. So, you know. All right, guys, let's move on to the unboxing. So I uh, grabbed these probably about two weeks ago, I want to say, maybe maybe a bit longer than that. It, these are from uh, RPG. I always call it RPG now. Drive through RPG. <laughs> RPG now so it hasn't been around for a few years, and I still can't get it right. Um, yeah, so let's open up this box. Just passed it up to the post office. So I'm going to do the big one first. And the other day, I I think he was, it's it's a Joseph Block's most recent release um, called Adventures in Dark, Adventures Dark and Deep, which is his, uh, what do you want to call it? His RPG system he made years ago. And it's very good. It's, it's reminiscent of uh, AD&D. And it's pretty good. He he he's he's one of those guys who does the Kickstarters right. He's 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 one I should have modeled after my own, but I just didn't. But like in future ones, I definitely will um, take lessons from the guys that I that run amazingly good uh, Kickstarters, and he's definitely one of them I could you know could learn from. And the bad thing is is. I knew this ahead of time, but I still didn't follow my own, uh, you know, knowledge and wisdom and just kind of failed my role on every aspect of that. So anyways, he, his Adventures Dark and Deep, he came out with a Cthulhu, uh, it's called Swords of Cthulhu, actually. Um, add Lovecraft and Craftian horror to your old school game for players and game masters alike. So... And it's kind of set up in the, I guess, second edition style of book. 
to me it's the late first edition because like when you know it's got the orange binding on the back because to me when i was gaming the we were still doing first edition and then i believe unearthed arcana was the first one that came out with the orange cover and then like the dungeoneering guide and oriental oriental adventures uh came out with the orange Oh, I got somebody trying to call me. Decline. Do not interrupt me while I'm doing a podcast, you bastard. Anyways, I don't even know who it was, but they're a bastard nonetheless. Unless it was my mom, and then I just didn't recognize her number. Uh, so it's got that style of, of book, and it looks pretty good. It's, the cover is, it's got a picture of Cthulhu kind of rising out of the depths of uh, the sea, of course. Um, yeah, pretty decent picture. And then on the back, it says, an expansion in, to the, of the first edition of the world's most popular RPG. Plumb the rich depths of Lovecraftian horror with new races like Deep One Hybrids and Degenerates, new classes like the Cultist and the Scholar. New skills, complete insanity rules, the dreamlands, the uh, old ones and outer gods, and much more for players and game masters alike. I love the much more. It reminds me of those old commercials when they used to sell like the the greatest hits of Slim Whitman. Here's the 20th greatest hits of Slim Whitman and 10 more, it would say at the bottom. Yeah, I love that part. Let's take and then it's a hard so this is a hardcover book. I think I don't know if I said that or not. Uh, looks like it's about 128 page, 127 pages. Uh, it's got a series of uh, quite a few people who are helping him out with the artwork. Uh, Joseph is the one who did the writing in that. Um, in the front here, it's got uh, the high the, the classes. So you've got the deep one hybrid degenerate that you can play uh, these are playable races that he's made and then some the uh, character classes were the cultists and scholar let's take a look at those real quick and these are about one page each um, oh and he's got it the old style kind of wisdom score and and uh all the different how high your level can be depending on what race you are that's kind of funny i haven't seen those in such a long time all right so there's the cultist let's see what the cultist can do he's got some spells i wonder what kind of spells he uses cultist favor modifier see here occultist is a subclass of cleric to serve the great old ones outer gods and their ilk and while there are many commonalities between them each cult has a particular variation powers and spells which distinguish it from the others all cultists have the following in common specific cult powers and abilities are listed below and then it goes into what you know the requirements of uh the class they use the same combat tables as clerics. They make saving throws as if they were magic users. 
Um, let's see here. One of the chief advantages of the cultist is the support network of the cult itself. If a cultist requires assistance of others, other favors, whether it be material, such as supplies, horses, or etc., or unsubstantial, such as suppression of an investigation by a magistrate, there is a chance that this need will be fulfilled through the cult's network. This is only an approximation, and the DM should feel free to modify the percentages based on the size and power of the specific cult in question in his campaign. And so the variations of cultist favors is, it depends on how far you can pull. It's got like less than one mile, let's just use the first through third um, level cultist. Less than one mile, you have a 25% chance, a distance between one and 10 miles is 15, and 10 to 30 is minus 10%. And then you've got a very uh, modifier for the difficulty of the favor. Um, so I guess they're using clerical magic on this one since they're a subset. And he looks like he's got... Okay, so he's got... As I'm going to... I'm going to... You know, I don't know how to pronounce these Cthulhu um, names. I do when I have the pronunciation guide in front of you. I don't know. Azathoth cultists um he has cthulhu cultists and a dagon hydra cultists and it looks like each oh and, he, and there's more here too oh he's got quite a few here uh oh god i'm not got getanathea a cultist that's the best i'm going to do with that one haster uh naira lathotep cultists you guys aren't even going to recognize these things after I get sub Nigaroth, Raf, something like that. Starry, Starry Wisdom. Oh, yeah, I'm not even going to try to put Sathagua, Cultist, Yig, Cultist, Yog, Sothoth, Cultist. So he's got quite a different variation in the different cults. So there, there's quite a few you can pull from, which is pretty nice. The artwork's feasible. I don't mind it. It's not too bad. Some of it's, it's definitely, you can tell, tell it's from different artists. So there's different levels of uh, skill in those. So some of them are, you know, fairly simple and some, are, uh, some of them are very detailed. And I'm not going to go through all the details of, of that but he does have uh, different spells for each um, cult and everything and it looks like some of them are new spells so there must be a whole new spell section in this too to describe like psychic flail hound of warding uh, disturbing truce curse of yig different things like that um, and then we have the scholar. I'm gonna the split class of a magic user. Somebody's horns going off. Let's see here. And it looks like there's some skills. It looks like that one's a fairly straightforward um, scholar. No, no, I thought it. Person who's going to shut off his 
horn, but apparently he hasn't figured that out. Oh, let's see here. Let's see what they can do. Scholar is a split class of the magic user, which certain magic users can opt to take upon reaching third level or third, seventh level. It cannot be taken at any other time. Those who opt to become scholars no longer advance as magic users. They are scholars from that point on. Scholars must have an intelligence score of 15 or higher, wisdom score of 13 or higher, and blah, blah, blah. Um, the scholar specializes in unique lore, magics of the great old ones, their minions, and associated beings. Some scholars ply their skills to thwart the advance of the great old ones, while others use their power to serve them. They can thus be of any alignment. In order to specialize in scholar, you've got to be a sixth level magic user, earn enough experience points to become seventh level. Six weeks of training, I guess you got to go to boot camp or something like that to become a scholar. Um, just looking to see if there. So, this is some of the bullet points. Uh, the Mythos Grimoires are created by scholars using their unique knowledge. As the creation of mythos grimoires is as such a ritual in and of itself, as it is straight work of copying or translation. Such an undertaking can only be attempted by a scholar of ninth level or higher. The creation of a grimoire requires the following, and then I guess oh, that's the bullet points of all the different things. Um, and then it goes into the different skills. Now, I never use skills in AD&D, so this is kind of unusual for me. I, I thought that was more of a second edition thing. Uh, he's got alchemy, uh, astrology. Let's see what else he has here. Um, dream journeying and scholarship, it looks like. Oh, no, it still goes on here. Um, technology Contra Mortem. Okay. And then, is this skills too? Oh, yeah. Oh, shit, he's got a lot of skills. Then it almost looks like it goes into a spell list, but it's not actually a spell list. It's more skills like minor healing, major healing, confound death, cure disease, reanimate... It's weird how he has them. I guess, oh, he's done them by level, skill level that you need instead of by, doesn't by alphabetic order, by skill, by level. And, and that. I guess I'm getting used to the, that's the old way of doing it. So quite a few there. And then he's got quite a, then he's got a spell list here for the cultists and that. Uh, and then the description of all the new ones new spell so it's a pretty thorough book it uh and then he then at the end here he's got running a lovecraftian game which would be an important section to read but i mean i think if you're into this kind of stuff you probably have a call of cthulhu um or type games rpg somewhere on your shelf that would probably serve the same but he still definitely serves us up with a description of of how to run one it's got a thing of the dreamlands relationships well, that's interesting the relation because i mean i i've read the cthulhu stories you know red lovecraft 
um, for better or worse, you know, the whole, uh, I can't remember, Clark's version of it, and then I can't think of who the other major author was, where I've read, I don't know if I've read everything, but I know I've read quite a few, and I still don't know who gets along with who, you know, who won, you know, the, who does Cthulhu want to put in a headlock, um, and who he doesn't. Let's see on here. Let's see who the enemy of Cthulhu is. The Great Race, the Old Ones, yeah, and Satha, go, 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 kind of thing. So, all right. And then he's got an insanity, oh my God. <laughs> so he's got a D1000 and is that what it is? Holy shit. He's got so he's got in this whole insanity matrix and table here. And it's and it's broken down by classes and levels and their save versus insanity. So you're gonna have an extra saving throw on your character sheet. But he has a D one thousand phobia table. Holy crap. Yes he does. That's a lot of phobias. So he must have got out the... Uh, no, I can't even think of it. I want to call it the DMV. It's not the DMV. The DS, DSM or I don't know what the hell it's called anymore. It's only in my profession that I, you know, uses that. Um, but I can't remember the name of it. And then he goes into some monsters here. Uh, kind of broken down just like you'd expect from... A first edition one it's it looks pretty good i like the artwork in this one that seems like artwork's always good and then it gets into some magic items and then the looks like some stats for like the big bad ones like the like almost like a, a deities and demigods kind of thing king in yellow and then he's got uh, a few reading inspirations. And then in the back, oh, that's great. In the, in the, in the end, he's got uh, random tables, like strange happenings, dungeon dressings, uh, NPC quirks. That's, this stuff is great. I love this kind of stuff. It looks like a pretty full book. Uh, so if you're going to plan on running a first edition game, it might be a good idea to grab that, guys. And again, it's... But, Joseph Block, but he, he he publishes under BRW Games. BRW Games, and it's and it's Adventures Dark and Deep. And I have, I've bought quite a. I I, don't, I think I may have everything. I don't know if I don't. I have damn near everything of his. So, the only thing that's kind of I would have loved to see out of this is, I mean, I'm always a. You know, you couldn't put in this maybe, but I would have loved to see like a little uh, adventure or something. You know, you could put it in the back maybe or just as a separate like little zine, but that's extra cost. And this is why he succeeds at Kickstarters and I don't. All right. Uh, let me break this up. I'm going to do a new segment.
All right, so the second thing I grabbed from DriveThruRPG is the readout of Chandra, an adventure for Odysseys and Overlords. I have no idea what Odysseys and Overlords. Honestly, I don't. Uh, it's suitable for four to six characters of third and or fourth level. Let's see, and on the back, um, a gritty OSR adventure by Travis, fantasy setting by Travis Liege. I think that's how you spell it, or leggy, I don't know. Uh, the mortal lands are divided. A dozen kingdoms lie scattered across the world, separated by dangerous wilds filled with bandits and monsters. The bravest mortals act as adventurers, guiding travelers between the kingdoms, killing monsters to thin their numbers, and plunder ruins in search of the lost treasures of the Golden Age. This is the world of Odysseys and Overlords. So apparently that is the setting by Travis Liege. But this adventure itself is written by Dennis McCarthy. Now, Dennis is an artist who I've backed on Patreon, I probably from day one. And Dennis has helped me with my, with my zines and my adventures. And I just like his art is very um, reminiscent of old school art that I really do enjoy. Um, it's a, it's, it's, it's fun. I, I, I mean, some people may not like the simplicity of some of it, but to me, it really, I don't know. It captures what I look for sometimes when I'm writing my adventures. I, I, cause it just, I just really enjoy it. And his characters that he draws have such personality and, and, uh, I don't know. I just, I just always enjoy Dennis stuff. And he's a really good guy. I mean, he's definitely one of those guys you can feel good about backing on top of it. Um, so let's take a look in here. Let's just look at the, the... So it looks like it's 26 pages. Let's see here. And... And again, it's called the Redoubt of Chandra. Let's let's read a little bit of the kind of the introduction. Uh, located about a week's ride east of the northeastern border of Estria, is the untamed Gauntlet Northport. is a once thriving free trading city that has managed to remain in, uh, inhabited for a thousand for thousands of years. Originally built by goblins, it is now home to a sparse, sparse population of craftsmen, goblins, hobgoblins, humans, spell scorched. I don't know what that is. Abyskist, abyskist, um, goblins, hobgoblins, humans. Oh, I already read that. Wild folk and some orcs. That's quite the collection. So I don't know what abyskist and spell scorched mean. And spell scorched is capitalized. So that's interesting. Um, the piece between the various peoples is maintained by Baron Mab Mabin Mabin Ota Mabin Ota okay the overlord of the city and the church of Chander runs the bureaucracy there is still worship of many gods believed long dead by Chandrites in other lands, but there is little sign of any miracles, save from those that include Ragnar and Chandra among their rites or 
the deceit by the other spellcasters. So that's kind of a, and it's got a little thing about the Adventurers Guild. Then we go into a history, features of the Undercity, entering the Undercity. And we got some artwork by him, random generation of Undercity under uh, areas. So what, so what it looks like, it's uh, almost like a geomorph generator, like from the first edition DMG or, you know, the various gaming books out there. Um, yeah, that whole... The searching of the redoubt. Okay. Let's see. The Priest of Chandrium, an attempt to provide a presence of law in the Undercity, sent a group of priests fighters and worshippers into an abandoned underground temple complex to rededicate it and serve as a bastion against the evil cults. But I picked a good day to talk about evil cults, didn't I? I got evil cults on both these things. Um, I lost my place. This had been working well until a small guarded caravan sent with supplies failed to return. And remote... Oh boy. I'm so bad with... I always have to get my own pronunciation guide when I do these things. Romolus, the priest of Chandra, has looked for adventures from the guild to investigate. The mapped out routes the supply train traveled on is impassable as something heavy, a purple worm, crashed through the floor of the conduit. Luckily, a survivor from, the, from a failed adventuring group has returned to a guild and the furthest place our group reached is found an old map and places it close enough to the redoubt of the Chandra mission, Chandrite mission, that it could be reached by retracing the route of the Ashbury's Avatar. Okay, so yeah, so you got, so you got a setup of trying to save these guys, and it's got maps. Now these maps are very basic maps. Um, Almost looks like they were done in paint. So don't be looking for uh, Glen Seal style maps or anything like that. But they're still very serviceable and like it, and it, and they're easy to easy to see what's going on, which I which I enjoy. Uh, okay, so now I'm seeing my first stat block of the what is it called Odysseys and Overlords. I mean, it's, to tell you the truth, it's really no different than any other old school stat block. So trying to convert it would be, would take no time at all. I'm just looking at them and I could convert it on the fly. And he's got more of the redoubt of Chandra. It goes into descriptions there. He's got some new magic items. A bestiary. Bestiary. Now this is for for that that uh, Odysseys and Overlords. I have to look into that. Just take it. I, not that I need another freaking system, but um, still look at it and everything. Yeah. So he goes through, describes quite a few monsters, and then it's an OGL. Um, game now the adventure itself looks pretty short doesn't look like it's that 
long of an adventure. It kind of almost looks like a... Eh, I guess it is an adventure. He's got quite a few uh, numbered entries in here. Now, there's very, you know, it's very sparse. I mean, you're not going to get a lot. Of, you're you're going to be able to, to read the room descriptions pretty quickly. You know, they're a paragraph that looks each, and I'm talking about short paragraphs. Uh, nothing too, too long. And again, this is done by Dennis McCarthy. And he does it underneath the, the banner of Aegeus Studios, and that's A-E-G-I-S Studios. Again, that's A-E-G-I-S Studios. Um, yeah, grab a copy. It's a nice little short adventure. If you're into running, like, uh, OSE or any type of old-school OSR kind of systems this would be a very easy uh, conversion without a doubt I mean that's no problem whatsoever and you get to enjoy a nice little simple adventure that you could throw in at any time um, and I don't think you'd have to do a lot of prep for this one uh, and it's got some stuff in the front that would be useful for not using in the adventure like say you have a uh, sewer underneath your city or whatever and you just wanted to make like a quick system for somebody it's got you know it's got the tables down here to kind of whip up something pretty quick there like both of them do i mean they got some got some nice uh nice random tables and that and that's pretty much the oh here's the thing on the back i guess i'll Let's see. 40 years ago, plague ravaged the area and drastically reduced the number of inhabitants. A number of edicts were issued to help rebuild the population. The Church of Chandra is uh, distributing deeds to abandoned properties to adventurers to help them weed out some of the more evil cults that have sprung up. The damn cults, they just won't go away. They're like weeds, huh? Secondly, as many of the newcomers are male... Strict laws ensuring the respect of women of all types have been enacted, and refugees throughout the gauntlet are welcome. Because of the huge number of dead that have been that had to be disposed of quickly during plague times, they were frequently interred in mass graves within the chambers of the undercity. As there was no time to perform proper funeral rites, many of the city's former populace became undead. Entrance to the Undercity was forbidden, and unfortunately only the outlawed cults were to be found on the upper levels. With the rise of the cults and the recent mass murder of the entire neighborhood, the Church of Chandra has been issuing rites of pursuit and salvage to hunt down these malefactors, opening the undercity to exploration there you go pretty cool guys uh and i don't know how much um dennis has written i'll probably try to do a bit more of a a detailed review of this because it's i mean i am doing an unboxing so it's just you opening up looking and reading as you're going i mean there's no in-depth fourth you know thought into this it's just kind of a cursory cursor cursory view of it 
Um, but maybe I'll do a more in-depth one on my, my basically abandoned blog at this point um, at a later date. I always think I'm going to do more stuff on my blog, and I never do. Just like this podcast, I tend to abandon it for a while. But um, yeah, so that's my two things for the day. And again, the first one was the Swords of Cthulhu by Joseph Block of BRW Games. And it's a nice little hardback that gives you lots of stuff to run a Cthulhu-type game in any OSR game. Really, I mean, it's not that hard to convert. And the Redoubt of Chandra by Dennis McCarthy of Aegeus Studios, and that's A-E-G-I-S Studios. Uh, it's a nice uh, kind of low, high-low le- high level. Does that make sense? I think if third and fourth is the high end of the, the low-level adventures. Um, so you can uh, grab one of those to read out a chander. Let me look. I got my... This one, this price sheet, the, this... Uh, packing list slip actually has the the prices on them now the, the swords of cthulhu i bought through a kickstarter so i got a i got a reduced amount so i won't t- i think i don't know how much it is on there but the redoubt of chandra was 8.94 but i think that includes tax so I'm not really sure how much it was, but I probably around eight bucks or like maybe, I don't know. I can't even guess because I can't do the math, but anyways, that's it guys. I appreciate it. It's been a long episode. Hopefully you could stick through it with me rambling on. Um, I don't know. Hope you're gaming. I'm, I'm not gaming yet. I still got, I'm trying to prioritize. I am still trying to work on my kit, my defunct Kickstarter. Um, which is, I've been doing better at, which is good. I've kind of gotten a little bit more strength, but I've kind of streamlined my life. And that includes cutting out gaming nights because I just, I need to sleep the extra sleep and game nights tend to go long. And then trying to go to sleep on a game night sometimes is difficult because you get all wound up or whatever. Uh, so that's definitely helped. And, um, Yeah, so that's it, guys. Take care, man. Roll better than me, and we'll talk soon.